Dig a Bit, a podcast for women who want to dig into the meat of God's Word for a bit. We are glad you have taken a few minutes out of your day to listen. Our host is Cindy Colley from thecolleyhouse.org. Now grab your Bible and let's dig in. Hi, this is Dig a Bit number three. This is the very next to the last Dig a Bit for this whole entire glory study. I hope that you're enjoying it. I hope that you are almost finished, and I hope that you, like I, have grown from this study of God's Word. We are going to be in Acts chapter 7 again today. This is where Stephen's narration is happening right before they're going to pick up the stones and throw at him and kill him by stoning. And I wanted us to notice the part of the, of the chapter that talks about Moses seeing one of the one of the Israelites suffer wrong at the hands of the Egyptians. Uh, We're going to pick up in verse 20 of what Stephen was saying to those Jews who were about to become so very angry at him. Moses was born and he was exceeding fair and he was nourished up in his father's house for three months and when he was cast out, Pharaoh's daughter took him up and nourished him for her own son. And Moses was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians, and he was mighty in words and in deeds. And when he was well nigh forty years old, it came into his heart to visit his brethren, the children of Israel. So he's grown up in the palace, but it comes into his heart when he's forty years old to check and to try to make sure he has relationships with and to help his fellow Israelites who were suffering in the land of Egypt at the hands of those who have largely raised him at the hands of the royal Egyptians. So it says, And seeing one of them suffer wrong, that is, at the hand of the Egyptians, he defended him, and he avenged him that was oppressed, and he smote the Egyptian. For he supposed that his brethren would have understood how that God by his hand would deliver them. They did not understand. And the next day he showed himself to them as they strove and would have set them at one again, saying, Sirs, you are brethren. Why are you doing wrong one to another? So the next day he saw Israelites uh, striving, fighting against one another. And he said, Why are you wronging one another? You're brethren. But he that did his neighbor wrong thrust him away, saying, Who made you a ruler and a judge over us? Will you kill me as you did the Egyptian yesterday? Then fled Moses at this saying, and was a stranger in the land of Midian, where he begat two sons. We may read a little bit more, but I want us to key in on the question in verse 27. The Israelite who was wronging his neighbor and who was being pulled off, as it were, in this scuffle that they were having, pushed, shoved Moses aside and said, wait a minute, who are you to be breaking up our fight? Who made you a ruler and a judge over us? I just think that that question is very, very interesting in view of what Stephen is trying to say to these Jews here. He's saying to them, you're not recognizing who Jesus Christ is. You're not recognizing that he is your ruler and he is your judge. He is trying to to drive a point home with these Jews that 
you better, while there's still time, recognize that your submission to this ruler and judge, is Jesus Christ, is absolutely required. And he tries to, to show that by going back to the prophets and how they were persecuted by the Jews all throughout biblical history. And he's beginning here with Moses and saying that even Moses was asked, well, who made you a ruler and a judge? You know, who, who was making Moses a ruler and a judge even at this time? Who was grooming him from the time that he went into the palace of the Egyptians? Who was grooming him to make him become a great ruler and judge over the people of Israel? Under God, of course, but over the people of Israel. Who was grooming him? That's right. Jehovah God was making Moses a ruler and a judge. So the question that the Israelite had here, who made you a ruler and a judge? And he said it with, you know, great enmity and malice in his voice. But it was a legitimately answerable question. God was making Moses a ruler and a judge. And Stephen goes on to say that as we're reading on when 40 years were expired in the land of Midian that is there appeared to him in the wilderness of Mount Sinai an angel of the Lord in a in a fire in a bush. So we have the burning bush. And Moses saw it and wondered at the sight and as he drew near to behold it the voice of the Lord came to him saying I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. Then Moses trembled and dared not to look, or durst not behold. Then said the Lord to him, Put off your shoes from your feet, for the place whereon you stand is holy ground. You know, it's really interesting in verse 32 how God identifies himself. The, the question was, Who made you a ruler and a judge? And about five verses later, I am the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And now he's going to instruct him to go and be the great deliverer, the great judge who brings forth the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt. God, I am the one who is doing this. I have seen, I have seen the affliction of my people, verse 34, which is in Egypt, and I've heard their groaning, and I'm come down to deliver them, and now come... I will send you into Egypt. Then Moses, whom they refused, saying, Listen, who made you a ruler and a judge? The same did God send to be a ruler and a deliverer by the hand of the angel which appeared to him in the bush. That question that was asked who made you a ruler and a judge over us was very prophetic the providence of God was going to truly answer the question and appoint Moses to be the ruler and the judge and certainly by the time of the rebellion of Korah and Dathan and Abiram that we read about in Numbers chapter 16 God had established the clear authority of Moses as the deliverer, the ruler, and the judge. So what is the point that I'm trying to make here? The point is that sometimes we fail to see the providence of God at the time that it's 
occurring in our lives and later we look back and say oh this is what God was doing this is what God was doing and secondly that we have this tendency to to doubt to doubt God's plan these Jews should have been prepared for God's plan they could they should have recognized the Messiah as who he was but just as Moses was asked the question who made you to be a ruler and a judge they're still asking that question even of the Son of God as he came down to earth they're still asking that question who made you to be a ruler and a judge and in fact they put him to death and Stephen here when he calls them into an accountability for that crucifixion and calls on them to believe that Jesus Christ is the supreme ruler and judge then they're going to put Stephen to death for this want to just be sure that we are constantly looking at God's Word without biases with humble hearts of submission realizing who it is that is the ultimate ruler and judge to whom every knee will bow in the day of his glory when he comes in his glory thank you for listening i hope you have a great day recognize that the providence of god is always working in your life though you may not recognize it at the time you will look back one day and say oh this is what god was doing who made you to be a ruler and a judge this moses whom they refused saying who made you a ruler and a judge the same did god send to be a ruler and a deliverer by the hand of the angel which appeared to him in the bush the end of the chapter they stoned stephen and stephen calling upon god the lord and saying Lord Jesus receive my spirit and he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice Lord lay not this sin to their charge and when he had said this he fell asleep let's be sure like Stephen that in the great and glorious providential scheme of God that we are going to receive the eternal benefits even when we pay a price in this life for trusting in his providence. Have a good day.